operating under the crooked American radio system too long. Bucking Idiots Podcast. Pronounced Bucking Idiots Podcast. Adjective meaning putting out that buccaneer knowledge while entertaining the masses. Being fool asses yet remaining fly at the same time. Now look at yourself. Are you down for this Bucking Idiots Podcast? I know I am. Matter of fact, fuck doing anything else. This is G-Funk saying right on to the real and deaf to the fakers. Peace out. Welcome back to the Booking Idiots Podcast, where today I have a special interview with your boy at Jamison the Cut, or formerly known as at Jamison the Cut. My boy, who's now known as at Breeze Overrated on Twitter, Joel. So sit back, enjoy, and check it out. Welcome to the Bucking Idiots Podcast, motherfuckers! Yeah, international underground thunderbounds and I stop the ground Like a million elephants, a silverback, a orangutan, you can't stop a train Who wants some? Don't come unprepared, I'll be there But when I leave there, better be a household name Brother man telling us it ain't gonna rain So now we sit in a drop top soaking wet In a silk suit trying not to sweat In summer's house without the net But this be the year that we won't forget One nine 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 What's good? It's your boy, Stank Bastard, King Idiot, back once again for a fresh new episode of the Bucking Idiots podcast. Yeah, we doing this right here, locked down, coroned up. Well, actually, not coroned up, hiding from the corona. All of us are. Like rats in a hole. We're hiding from this bullshit. Sucks, but at least as Bucks fans, we have something to keep us distracted from reality. Reality bites. Reality sucks right now. So, you know, with the Brady thing, and now tomorrow we get new jerseys. Um, I, I'm happy. I'm happy. As happy as you can be, considering what's been going on. Today, I got a special guest with me, though. Hasn't been on this podcast before. I haven't really heard him on other podcasts as well. I know he's been on a few, but he needs to be on more because this guy knows his stuff. A lot of you guys know him on Twitter, at formerly known as Jamison the Cut, who has recently changed his at on Twitter to Breeze Overrated. Joel, if you don't follow Joel at Breeze Overrated on Twitter, you need to hop on there and do that right now. One of the best follows on twitter and awesome dude first time i've ever spoken to him he's going to be on the bucking idiots podcast hopefully as a regular um because i really like talking to the guy i really enjoyed um chopping it up talking to all things bucks obviously we talked Jameis, we talked brady um and anyways without further ado let's drop this interview Bucking Idiots, I have a special guest. Those of you who are on Buck's Twitter probably already know my man, Joel. Used to go by Jameson the Cut, has recently put that at to rest, and he is now Breeze Overrated on Twitter. Joel, what's up, man? Nice to have you on the Bucking Idiots podcast. What's going on, Stank? It's a pleasure to be on. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, man. Big fan of yours. Uh, I, I love the content you provide on Twitter, and uh, you know, Twitter's my my escape from uh, from the reality as well. Uh, that's the, the place where I love to chop it up with Bucks fans. And um, man, we've got a lot to chop up lately. How uh, how's your off season going so far? Oh man, thank you so much, Tank. But the off season has <laughs> been probably the most eventful off season in books history that i can think of um how long how long you been a books fan uh i went to my first game when i was five i'm um, 27. i went to right. my first game when i was five so about 1998 so ever since then uh been a huge fan i can't even wear another team's colors it'd be unacceptable <laughs> see that that you're speaking to me because that i that's me as well like a lot of people have all kinds of jerseys in their closet 
and I'm a Jersey guy. I love jerseys, but I I will not represent or rock another team's jersey. Now, after the player retires, like I have a Barry Sanders jersey because as a kid growing up, he was to me the greatest football player of all time. So later years later, I bought a uh, but I actually don't ever wear it. <laughs> I still can't walk <laughs> around town with a with a Lions jersey on it with feel I feel no. I feel dirty. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a Merino jersey and it gets no playtime, unfortunately. Definitely ain't rocking no Dolphins jersey. <laughs> I was talking about this the other day. I'm a little bit older than you. The very first game I went to was in 82. My parents used mm -hmm. to have a, a, a business in the old Tampa Bay Mall. Uh, right now where the, the actual Bucks training facility sits, there used to be a mall there. And uh, my dad took me to my first game. And it was Bucks Dolphins, and we—it's just like today. It's like it really hasn't changed. We were surrounded by Dolphins fans, and in '82, it had been 10 years since the the Dolphins went undefeated and won a Super Bowl. So there there were probably more Dolphins fans in Tampa than there were Bucks fans. You know, it was still still really Florida was like a Dolphin state, and Bucks weren't taken very seriously. We were just a shitty expansion team. And I remember leaving that stadium. I think I was eight at the time, and I had hatred for the Dolphins. I couldn't stand them. I couldn't stand the fans because they were cheering. We got our ass kicked, of course, and like like uh, we seem to always do at home, even back in the '80s. And uh, yeah, so that was the day my hatred for for other teams was born. My love for the Bucks was really born because I needed an enemy, and I found very I found a lot of enemies since then. <laughs> so. And you know, I mean, you, you you attended your first game in 98, so you're a pre-Super Bowl fan um, and uh, have lived the, 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 the lean years and got to taste, you know, what, what, it, what it feels like to get to the top. And then, man, the last 12, 13 years haven't been pretty. It's been rough. It's been definitely rough. And, you know, of course, I wanted Jameis, but anybody any quarterback that can get us back to the, the playoffs get us to a super bowl i'm gonna praise you we it's been dry and it's so hard to talk shit when your team is awful so i just want to like everybody else just be able to talk shit act like a patriots fan act like a cowboys fan just <laughs> just talk a bunch of shit and be ignorant but it's just been tough so i, I really hope brady can bring us back there yeah, let's go. Let's go back a little bit. Um, not to rehash. The should Jameis stay? Should Jameis go? Conversation in full because I think people have probably had their fill of that conversation. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, how'd you feel after you learned that the Bucks signed Tom Brady? What What was your first reaction? Oh man, just so many emotions. I was, uh, I was, I was definitely upset. Um, I definitely felt like they should have kept him. Even just, I'm so emotional. I wanted to talk to my my girl so she can kind of, you know, console me. And she just didn't really care or understand. But yeah, dude. <laughs> it was just my like, wife has the same damn reaction. No, actually, it was worse. It was worse. My wife's my wife's a, a Brady fan, so that was oh oh yeah. oh. But um, yeah, it was it was a lot of emotions that day, but um, it took me a while to kind of be like, okay, well, we got Tom Brady, we have the goat, so yeah, let's go out there and get it. Yeah, I don't think I'd be in the same place I am right now had it been Bridgewater. Um, oh no, yeah, I, I and it it, it kind of it, it it reignited my my anger a little bit when I when I heard the uh, you know I heard Arian say that on. Uh, I think it was Rich Eisen's podcast or, or Dan Patrick's. I can't remember which one when he said it was going to be Brady, then Bridgewater, then, then Jameis, uh, you know, that annoyed me a little bit because I get going after the goat. I get it. Even at 42, 43 years old, I understand it. I understand why he made the decision to move on. I do everything, everything you can justify about Jameis's play. There's an equally amount that you can't. So I understand it, and I'm at peace with that. But to to start over with a a quarterback like Bridgewater definitely wouldn't have made much sense to me. Because to me, it's it's not. And I you know I understand he's maybe more efficient, um, but 
to me, not on the same level as Jameis, doesn't have the upside that Jameis has. And then to, to take a step back and start from scratch with a new quarterback, um, basically throw a year pro- progression away for somebody like Bridgewater didn't make much sense to me. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering what their thought process was behind that, but it's, it's, uh, it's over and done with now, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I saw the same interview, and that kind of made me question, well, look at Bruce in a different way. If Bridgewater was your second choice, um, to me, that's a downgrade from what you have now. Um, that that made me look at him a little bit different. But mm-hmm. um, it, like you said, it's over with. So we got to move on, and we have the goat on our side now. You know, it, I'm going to bring something up because you and I have been outspoken in our criticism towards Arians, and a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. And this is this the time of season to do that, though. Like, it's the off season. Oh, yeah. It's the time to pick and, and, and question, and that's part of being a fan. You don't always have to go along with everything your team is doing. It doesn't make you any less of a fan to play that armchair GM or to play the armchair coach and question what we do. That, that's what makes it fun. That's what's entertaining about Twitter. I get people go overboard, and it becomes like a tribal thing uh, and political, but – you know, you gotta you gotta weed through that. That's that's not my approach. You know, he's said some things that make me scratch my head, and you should make you scratch your head as well. Like last oh, yeah. year when he claimed the 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 secondary was totally fixed. I mean, if you didn't if you didn't think that he was exaggerating, if you thought he was being a hundred percent honest, and maybe he was, that's something that you should have questioned because guys just don't come off the street, especially three rookies, and have success in the NFL in this division oh yeah most definitely and yeah this you have to be able to criticize the coach i mean no matter who he is bruce is an amazing coach he's accomplished a lot in his career and at the same time he's had some like you said some head scratches with us and it's completely fair to look at that and criticize it and you know hope for improvement if you know he goes out there and says you know Donovan Smith has had his best year and he's the old line is doesn't need any any you know upgrades it's fine that to me that's questionable you know um but yeah it's completely that's fine hard to, that's yeah, hard to swallow that that's more than questionable it's really hard <laughs> yeah, to swallow it is and you got to be able to question that cuz you, you I, I Donovan's one of those players that that you either love him or you hate him. Uh, you know, it's there's enough tape out there to put a low light reel together to see why people criticize him. But you know, he's had some great games, great performances oh, yeah. too. Um, and we've what seen you, what it's like without him. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, we were real quick to get all back on like Donovan. <laughs> the depth on our offensive line is atrocious. Okay, let's say we went back into next season with the same starting five, please. Please let not that let that not be the case. You know, I mean, we clearly need to upgrade at right tackle. If we go we go to battle with the other four, that's fine. But you know, Demar Dotson is not a run blocking NFL offensive lineman. He can't do it anymore. He might be serviceable in the past game, but he's a, he hinders our team in regards to being able to to put together effective running game. But aside from all that, like we have zero zero depth on this offensive line, and we didn't cultivate any last season either you know all the guys that we brought in off the streets and and through free agency um none of them panned out as far as depth pieces are concerned and uh and i think the one um who was the cat we got from arizona that played from him before uh that was kind of a swing guard tackle Uh, i know who you mean slipping my head as well yeah what he he's a free agent right now we haven't even resigned him so we we don't have we haven't developed any depth behind either tackle um and that's that's a little bit worrisome they got their work cut out for them in regards to putting some depth pieces behind our starters and upgrading that right tackle position which i think they're going to likely try to do through the draft oh yeah most definitely and i think dotson even said he doesn't like run blocking anyway so no if (laughs) if he's comfortable enough to say that then you know it it's glaringly obvious obvious uh, at this point but yeah donovan smith he's been his best attribute to me has been his ability to you know be out on the field and his his durability so mm-hmm. you know god forbid he gets he goes down 
like you said, where's the depth? Where, where where we'd be in trouble? Brady would be in trouble. So it's definitely something we we need to upgrade. You know, within the next few months here, when we get through the draft, and you know, because if, if if it's we're going out there with the same guys, we're we're in trouble. And I seriously doubt. I have questions about the t- this team as far as how far they can go with the same guys that we have out here. Yeah, I think that's the biggest glaring need, need on this team um, outside of the safety position, which we've got some young guys at, and and maybe they continue to develop and, and play much better um, this year with Whitehead and Edwards, and who knows what the hell we're going to have with Evans. Um, but I feel like the, uh, some veteran a veteran presence in the secondary would be beneficial. Um, you know, unless a guy like Delpit slides into the second round and we're able to pick him up, I doubt we go safety in the first round either. Uh, yeah. so, so, you know, maybe there is a second or third tier free agent that we use to sprinkle in on defense. Cause we're generally talking about the same group of guys coming back on the other side of the ball as well. We haven't really made any additions and, you know, we need to build depth on our defensive line as well. We're, we're equally, you know, behind the eight ball when it comes to developing guys um pass rushers interior linemen you know it's uh the trenches is kind of where we need to focus in this draft in, in my opinion what about what yeah. you take yeah most definitely offensive line defensive line are both the the main issues if they're you know as a tackle that's worthy to be taken at the 14th pick where we're at we definitely need to you know go ahead and get them but you know it, after you know Golson and you know, after Sue, it, it is kind of, you know, weak down there. So, yeah, I agree. We definitely yeah, need think, to get some bulk up. Yeah, not Nacho had some decent games for yeah. us last year, but a few that, that's it. You know, we need, a, we need a couple of young guys at the deep D-tackle position, and we, you know, we can't continue to pay top dollar to our defensive ends. I mean, I, I don't know how many more years JPP is going to be here, put it that think you know barrett's young enough to where he could end up playing here for for several more years and you know into a, a whole hopefully a a, a five-year deal next year if he shows out like he like he did last year um but we need to be ha- be able to have guys in that rotation we lost nasib uh we drafted uh nelson last year uh, who seems to look a lot like nasib but hasn't yeah. really had any production so we'll, we'll see what t- we get out of that guy but you know maybe jason light they they pull a rabbit out of the hat like they did last year uh, with a guy like Shaq Barrett, who no clearly nobody was relying on when we signed him. I mean, I know there were p- people out there saying, hey, this guy could be a good depth piece. But don't forget, we were talking about Noah Spence this time <laughs> last year. Oh, I was specifically talking about Noah <laughs> Spence last year. Noah Spence was going to be that guy. I mean, yeah. we, we had counted on it that he was going to be. The, that's where our pass rush was going to come from. Then we got the word that JPP broke his neck, and we were like, okay. Noah Spence time. Yeah, it's Noah Spence's team, and that guy didn't even <laughs> I mean, make the team. Yeah, he didn't make the team. He's bounced around. I think he's in, you know, going to be some camp meet in New Orleans now. So um, it's crazy what, you know, what a difference a year makes, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball because there were so many question marks going into the last season. And we essentially got a, a brand-new secondary. Um, you know, Hargraves is gone. It, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's nuts. And we, you know, I, uh, I was, I was happy with what we got out of Devin white last year. You, you could see the progression, the growth. Um, I expect big, big things from him year two in this system. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it, I think the sky's the limit for the kid, man. He, he really showed that he was worthy of, you know, being drafted in the top five. And uh, I'm excited for the kid for sure. Yeah, once he got you know back healthy 100 percent from mm-hmm. you know I think he had an illness and you know another injury you know early on in the season. But yeah, that dude fucking showed out. <laughs> I love Devin White. You got him and I think Sean Murphy Bunting is underrated. That dude is a stud. I think those two guys are gonna be you know have some monster years. Sean Murphy Bunting was like in camp. You could see, you could see why they, they, you know, they pulled that guy out of pretty much nowhere. You know, nobody was, nobody was, would had him on the radar. 
know, unless you're really a draft a draft nerd and you just you follow these you know these pre-draft lists like the guy came out of nowhere we passed on the lsu kid people were like sean murphy who and uh <laughs> then I, me- I remember going to training camp and seeing him like oh okay he was flying all over the place yeah you know, he he was he was out there making plays. You could see he kind of had downloaded what our offense was doing. And, um, you know, by the time, by the time I got there anyways, in person, he impressed. And then, then the season came and he looked lost. Absolutely lost. Looks, looked slow. Looked like there was a million bees buzzing around in his head. Like he'd never played the game. Yeah. Like the, like he'd never played the game of football before. Um, and, uh, I don't, you know, (sighs) It was a rude awakening for the kid. And I remember listening to, to an interview with Rondé, you know, maybe uh, or Rondé was talking about a pregame or something like that. in one of the games he was doing just talked about how difficult it was to step in and start in the NFL, you know, as, as a rookie and how he, you know, he, he never could have done it. He had the ability to to uh, to be groomed behind Donnie Abraham and some of the some of the other guys. Mm-hmm. But, to you know, what we were asking our young guys to do. Sean Murphy, Bunting, Jamel Dean, you know, uh, uh, the whole group, it, uh, it was, it was a lot, it's a lot to ask. So yeah, he started to come on there the second half of the season. You could see, you could see his ability start to shine. Cause he wasn't thinking anymore. He was out there just playing football. Yeah. You could see the game slow down for him. Uh, I think to me, it looks like, it looked like he, you know, really started balling after the Jacksonville game. I think he had a pick in that game, uh, and then, of course, the pick six in Detroit. But uh, I think he said he had they had he had one of the the higher you know coverage ratings on PFF. If you want to take that as a credible source, but um, yeah, I think the sky's the limit for that dude. I see a lot of Rondé in him. Uh, honestly, I know that's a some people may not take that you know so you know you know, so easy, but <laughs> I definitely see potential. In that's him, big so. shoes right there. Yeah, that's, that's a big, big shoes. Huge shoes. But tell me the pick six that he had against Detroit didn't, yeah. didn't look like uh Rondes in Philly. So it did. Uh, Listen, it's a, <laughs> it was a confidence issue with him. Similar yeah. to Rojo, similar to Rojo. Like once yeah. he, once he figured it out, like, man, I can do this. I can, I can play in this league. It's not too big for me. Uh, you know, Rojo had to go through a whole season of hell with Derek and being put in the doghouse and reinventing himself. And looks like he's doing that again this offseason. Oh, yeah. Packing on muscle. He looks, he looks bigger. Looks like he's working on being a pass catching back. And you, you got to know, man, like the, the, the Brady effect is everybody's calling it. I keep on calling it the Jordan effect because that, that to me is, is the, the athlete I grew up, you know, watching dominate. And and seeing how he raised level or the the players around him their levels so much and you know being a Brady hater for as long as I have been I, I just still I still can't I still can't give the guy the love he probably deserves but yeah bringing a guy like him in that locker room is going to be in, in, in the injection of confidence is something you can't measure or nobody's going to be able to 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 measure that type of you know effect that he ha- he's going to have on everybody around him I mean the fifty third. Yeah. 53rd guy on the roster is going to be, you know, scared to, to be called out on, you know, on the game film because Brady's <laughs> in that room. Um, it's going to be nuts. It really is. Changes everything. It definitely changes everything in the locker room. And I think that might be the biggest influence he'll have is his attention to detail. You're not going to want to mess up or run a wrong route if Tom Brady is throwing to you. So that, that's definitely going to change the whole dynamic of the, the team. I was talking to uh to Christian from Headlines Barbershop, Poppy Latte. If you listen to the Buccaneers podcast or Loose Cannons, you know who I'm talking about. Um earlier and we were we were we were talking about that specifically. Um and one of the questions I raised to him, and I, I kinda want to hear your take on it, is do you think Jameis was the alpha on that offense? Do you think he was the alpha in the locker room? Do you think he had that that type of respect? or commanded that type of respect from his teammates? I think he, I think he, he did. Um, honestly, every, a lot of the interviews I hear is the main thing, you know, you know, his teammates, whether they'll be, you know, current teammates or, you know, ex-teammates, the, one of the main things I hear them praising for is his leadership and his hard work. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, that dude, I think he does have the ability to, 
command a locker room, but I mean, when you have a guy like Tom Brady and his resumes, of course, it's going to be a little bit different. But yeah, I do definitely think you know Jameis had some of the guys' respect, and like I said, that's the main yeah. Thing I'm not I even really. Have. I wasn't really questioning his respect. We know that he was respected. I'm more so more so saying like, did you think Jameis was was calling his guys out when they needed to be called out? Was he uh-huh. that type of leader where he would? would get in Mike Evans's ear, you know, and demand perfection out of the guys around him. Do you think that he had that in him? Do you think that's even necessary? Oh yeah, that's necessary. Whether he had it in him, I I don't believe so. I think Jameis is more the type of guy that put any everything on him mm-hmm. whether than whether than, you know, calling somebody out for a mistake they made or right. you know, he may just not, you know, present it in the right way. But yeah, I, I don't really see Jameis as that type of that type of quarterback. Yeah, and I guess we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Obviously, in front of a microphone and on the field, he's going to – Jameis definitely had two sides to him, and we we saw that. For the for me, it was the very first time. I was an FSU fan. I'm actually a Gator fan, but as soon as, as, soon as a, you know, a player comes to the Buccaneers, I don't give a shit where he played football. But I never saw the, 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 the defiant – angry Jameis until the last two really the last two interviews at the end of the year uh that was a different guy and I, I always wondered if if you know we we always saw that Jameis who would like you like you said you know be there to take the blame fall on the sword I guess you could say no matter what you know was always the one to call himself out before he called anybody else out but I, I always wonder if he in the locker room or in the film room you know had a had a different different type of mentality did he go after his guys uh when they needed when they needed it you, you gotta you gotta wonder but you're yeah. gonna get that from this quarterback this Most this definitely. quarterback is going to demand perfection um and that alone i mean no knowing where the bar is and what he expects out of you uh, and having a guy in a locker room that brings that type of presence it doesn't have to come from the coach uh and i was telling i was again i was having a conversation with christian earlier the last player that that wore Buccaneer Buccaneer uniform that had that type of presence was Warren Sapp. Uh, I can't think of another player who commanded that type of respect and and you know a healthy fear. And and with Warren, it was probably an unhealthy fear at times. But <laughs> having that type of presence in the locker room is is a huge bonus. Oh yeah, most definitely. And I'm telling you, everybody's going to want to be on their top game and. I'm really excited to see how this team will come out knowing the expectations we have and, you know, how Brady's going to carry himself out there. You know, we've seen Brady get in guys' faces, so mm-hmm. nobody wants that on, you know, we're going to get a lot of primetime games, so <laughs> yeah, nobody wants are. to get yelled at on Monday Night Football in front of everybody. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be, you know, a lot different. And like everybody, I'm excited to see it. So where do you think we go on offense with Brady. Clearly we cannot run the exact same syst- plays. We're going to run the same system, but the, the, the system's going to look a lot different under, under Brady. I think Arians has come out and said, you know, we, we, we do have the plays that a lot of the same plays that they ran in New England in our playbook. Um, what do you think it's going to look like? You think it's going to be vastly different? Are we going to, are we going to see, you know, the Patriots South here with in regards to how we run this offense is it going to change dramatically i see changes i see changes nothing dramatically um mainly i feel like we'll definitely see more drag routes more slants mm-hmm. uh you know more underneath plays but of course with the threats that we have we're still going to is bruce arians we're still going to be launching that thing throw <laughs> he's still going to have 300 400 yard games so yeah i can still see you know us playing you know no risk it, no biscuit, so to speak. Keep you know, launch that thing. But we'll we'll definitely see more safer routes being thrown, more more things Brady that is you know he's been comfortable with throughout his whole career. Do you see us adding a a, a pass catching back uh, out of the backfield or or two in the draft or possibly oh, yeah. free agency? Oh yeah, most definitely. I think Bruce, you know, he's been you know repeatedly you know you know expressing about you know getting a pass catching back so. Yeah, I definitely see it more than likely in the draft. Uh, you know, I would have liked to see this team sign, you know, Melvin Gordon when they had a chance, but 
of course, can't get everybody. But, yeah, I think it will <laughs> definitely be addressed during the draft more, more than likely. Yeah, man, that, that salary cap money gets eaten up real quick, doesn't it? Yep. Especially when yep. you sign a high-priced quarterback. It's, uh, it's worth and, it. And actually, Brady came in a little lighter than I thought. I thought he was going to command $30 million with incentives, and he came in $25 million with incentives. And Shout you know, out to Jason guy, Light. Yeah, or Mike Greenberg. That's the guy that, that <laughs> yeah. really out there, you know, with the with the contracts. They don't seem to get themselves into too many bad contracts. Uh, they're not like the the Rams and some of these these <laughs> other teams out there who I, who I still don't know how they do it every year. How they seem to finagle and work the the cap and add players when they have no cap room. It's just kind of paying to me. for it. Rams are definitely paying for it this all season. They are, man. <laughs> this division, it's it's been crazy this offseason. I mean, just take Brady out of the picture and focus on, you know, what what our our competition and it has done. Let's talk about the the Panthers for a second. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. blown they, they blown it up over there. What, what do you, what do you think of what they've done in the offseason so far? Uh, to me, Theodore Bridgewater, not a fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, just uh, you know, they added Robbie Anderson, but t- to me, I'm just not. I just don't really see them, you know, really making an impact. I do still think they'll be last in the division. Uh, we should sweep them, honestly. We we should definitely sweep them. But of course, team I'm most worried about in the division is New Orleans. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean they they lost Keekly. Uh, that's that's rough. huge. You don't you don't come back you don't come back from that unexpectedly too just retirement. No. Yep. You you don't I mean we're how long how long has it taken us to come back from losing guys like that? You know, when we lost Lynch and Brooks and Sapp and 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 Ronde, um you you don't replace guys like that. No. You just don't. You might be <laughs> able to draft a athlete, but you're not going to replace a leader, a guy who's a, a football savant. They don't come around very often. Guys like that who literally can download an offense and 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 see it in matrix type, you know, slow motion out there, uh, and command and coach and lead a defense. You don't see guys like that too often. Yeah, it's tough, and that's a tough loss. I I think uh, during the Dirk Cutter years, he knew a few of our signals, if not most of them. <laughs> So <laughs> losing a guy like that for them is that's that's definitely rough. We that's, we knew we knew Dirk Signals. <laughs> My wife, who's not a not an X's and O's person, who just watches football, she loves me. She knew what was coming. Trash ass coach. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, obviously I'm not expecting much out of them, but you know I still have that pessimism in me though. I, you know it's been ingrained in me. Um, which is why I won't I won't necessarily allow myself to in, enjoy or get on board with the expectations that that we're starting to see people have for us. Yeah. Like today, you know, somebody tweeted out Vegas has us with uh, 13 wins. Like I can't that that makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> this is unfamiliar territory. It is. Uh, <laughs> it is. See, even Skip Bayless, I think Skip even sent out a tweet the other day saying. He, we're going to make it out of the NFC. So, yeah, this changes the whole dynamic. This team has expectations they haven't had in almost two decades. So, it's it's going to be a big change. You know the the expectations we had during the the Dungey years, and then after Gruden took over, we we earned that. Though. Like, yeah, we're being we're being given expectations we haven't earned yet. Yeah, we were we were a good enough team last year. You know, it wasn't all on three. We we lost games in multiple different ways, uh, and it it wasn't just one player. Um, but you know, heavy heavy lies the head that wears the crown, or whatever the old fucking saying is. That's that's just how it goes, man. You know that you're gonna take the blame, and and he took it and and paid for it, paid the price. Uh, you know, a lot of what a lot of it was on him. So it's uh, outside of the mistakes we made, we were still in position to win so many games last year. Um, yeah. so, so maybe the real, the, the expectations are realistic, you know, but again, I just, I, I, I don't want to get hurt again, man. I, <laughs> I, try to, <laughs> I try to hold back that enthusiasm, but I always end up drinking the Kool-Aid yeah, no, and, uh, you know, this year's going to be no fucking different. 
it's in our nature. How many off-season championships do we have, bro? Oh, I feel like we've gone, we've won three out of the last four. The Browns took last the last year from us. Yeah, but we're usually in the conversation. So usually we've got a few are. of those banners. We got uh, plenty of them, bro. Like we got the Lomb- you, get- <laughs> you got that one Lombardi trophy, but a case full of off-season ones. <laughs> You got him. So, but when you have Brady, it's, to me, it's like having LeBron. You're wh- whatever team LeBron goes to, you're expected to get a championship or play for one. So, I understand the expectations. I know we haven't been to the playoffs. So, for years, we've been just hoping let's get to the, the fucking playoffs. Mm-hmm. But now it's, it's different. We, it's Super Bowl time. We, Super Bowl or bust to me. Yeah. Uh, this guy doesn't know losing. Like he no. really doesn't no. know losing. He know he only knows championships. Patriots win, you know, the AFC, what is it? They're in the East, right? AFC East? Yeah. AFC they win East. it every fucking year. Like it's ridiculous. Clockwork. Ridiculous. Like they don't lose their division games. They don't lose that division. They win it every single year. It's been a, a absolute garbage division, which is, you know, one one of the criticisms that a lot of people give them, but still, the guy doesn't doesn't lose. He's going to expect to to win. He's going to expect to score on every drive. Um, he's going to expect absolute German style efficiency, you know, on offense. Like they're all the parts are going to be doing what they're supposed to be doing. That's that's the kind of expectation that they're going to work with, and I think you're going to see it in practice. And hopefully, we get to practice like like normal yeah. if the, the world Please. doesn't fucking go crazy on us here but oh man yeah so there's definitely a lot to, lot to look forward to so um you know outside of uh oh, oh wait that's right atlanta what do you, what about uh what do you think they've they've done you think they've improved their team you think Gurley's the piece or, or how do you feel how do you see atlanta coming out this year oh Gurley's if he can stay healthy if his knee is okay that's an amazing pickup for them uh, I think the main thing with Atlanta is their defense, uh, you know, showing up that defense because, of course, their offense is always going to be explosive, you know, even with Dirk Cutter trying to slow that down over there. Um, it's always going to be <laughs> explosive. So, uh, <laughs> um, But, yeah, they're – they usually – we usually – I feel like we usually s- steal a game from them occasionally. So um might be the same case this year. But I, I see Atlanta being third in the division. And then New Orleans, as you brought up before, New Orleans is New Orleans is the really the probably the favorite again in the NFC. Um, you know, the 49ers might be the favorite because they went to the Super Bowl last year, but they're one of the favorites. Put it that way. Uh, Breeze is back. They added Emmanuel Sanders. The Sanders they have they have a squad. They're, we got manhandled last year when we played them both times. Twice. Twice. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't it wasn't the old fashioned way. It wasn't like just Breeze was carving us up or 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 uh Bridgewater. I mean they they dominated us uh on, on the interior and uh you know so we we've got our work cut out for them and I don't you know it's it's gonna be a battle. Those game both those games are gonna be a battle. I expect the split with those games to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah most likely yeah so you know I mean winning the division is 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 the goal. Uh and so I, I think that that has to be at at least our expectation going into this year. Well, win our division, get you know, get into the tournament, and uh, and see how we how we uh, we fare. Uh, hopefully, we we have that type of record that gives us the ability to go in with some momentum. Um, but uh, man, I'm anxious to see. I mean, we have a tough schedule. We got Super Bowl champs coming in uh, into our house next year. Are you local? You live in Tampa. Uh, I recently moved out of Tampa, which hurts me so much because I can't go to the games as often as I used to. Um, I'm actually out in Texas now. Um, but, yeah, I still plan on go, going to a few games, you know, mingling with some of my Buccaneers fans, uh, even though the ticket prices are going up with Brady. <laughs> I was here. about That's, to say. I was like, man, it's going to be you're tough. killing me, Tom. Thomas? It's going to be a tough ticket. That that's weird to say because normally you Imagine, just can man. walk up and find one on the on the in the gutter, you know, or find ten of them in the gutter, or see them on people's windshields as you're walking through the parking lots because uh, that stadium hasn't seen a packed house since maybe like the fucking 
monster trucks have been here, bro. That doesn't happen. It's been a long time. <laughs> or, or if it was close to you know being packed, it was the other team's uh, fans. You know, yeah, or like the NCAA championship ass. games, probably biggest sellout recently in that stadium. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, man. So expectations are high. I'm not comfortable with it. It's going to take me a little while, I think, to to feel that confidence. I, I, I'm, a, I got, I got to see it. I got to see it. I, uh, I don't question Brady's ability. I don't question Arian's ability to get this this team, you know, headed in the right direction, or you know, keep keep that momentum that we had going into the end of the season, uh, rolling in the next season. And you know, getting Brady Brady up to speed. Hopefully, they'll like I said, they'll be able to have a, a full off season to do that. And you know, guys will be able to actually practice with each other. And Brady can take them up to Utah or wherever the hell he takes his receivers <laughs> to get on the same page. Because there's going to ho- hopefully be a whole lot of that. Um, yeah, you know, before we, we see see them on Sundays. Um, you know, but but shit, man, it's uh, it's a weird feeling. It really is. I, it's been an emotional roller coaster. Because I like you was was heavily on the on the bring back Jameis bandwagon and then slowly, mm-hmm. slowly have have uh, you know let that go because you kind of have to right. Some people won't yeah. though. Some people no won't. no. You got to ride with the guys on your team now. I mean, <laughs> you know, still people out there fighting the good fight, but Brady's the guy. Got to go for the goat. That's number twelve. So <laughs> we just got to move on. Unfortunately. It's oh gonna be weird goodness. seeing him in, in a different yeah. uniform. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Just even seeing the headlines, Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady. It doesn't even sound right. <laughs> no, it doesn't. What What are we? A couple days away here from April. The the jerseys are their jerseys. Hopefully, drop here at the beginning of April. Give us another spike of energy. You expecting to see you know something fancy, or you think they're just gonna go with the traditional look? Uh, I think a pretty traditional, pre- pretty much. Uh, you know, resembling the Super Bowl uniforms that we have from the Super Bowl era. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm excited to see, like, the alternate jersey. I think in the video the Bucks dropped on their Twitter, they seemed like jersey number three was somewhat of a, a color rush. I think Devin yeah. White said, uh, "Can't we can't lose in these jerseys if we put them on. So yeah. I, I want to see what those are. I, I suspect they might be pewter, but, yeah, I think everybody's waiting for them. Man, that would be sick. That would be sick. What if, what if it's an all orange color rush? <laughs> <laughs> I love the. Th- I look. Hey, I'm a creamsicle guy. So if, if okay, creamsicle, please, please, I would welcome it. It'll be, it'll be the first jersey I buy. You know that I think it's probably gonna be pewter too. I think you're right. They've had to know for a while now that they were talking about getting rid of that helmet rule. And if they did, you know they're probably steering clear of going, you know, with the retro look because. We'll be able to wear those uniforms once or twice yeah, a year, exactly. which is a beautiful thing, man. I don't care if you hate. I mean, Samer hates those uniforms. <laughs> he he's the he leads the fucking charge. The the creamsicles. Me on the other hand, that's that's my that's my youth. That's my childhood. That, They're beautiful. That's my that's my those are my uniforms, man. You know that's <laughs> my Buccaneers. It, it, uh, you know, so I there will never be hate for those those colors, but. Man, like, did you go to any of the any of the throwback games when they brought them back? Did you did you ever attend any of those? I didn't. I really wish I had because even how they painted painted the end zones, bro, yes, it was dope, bro. Even the cheerleaders went with old oh school cheerleading outfits, which were yes. amazing. They looked so hot in those fucking uniforms. It was like the old school long skirts and shit. And the, the fucking field was painted. Yeah, the white yeah. boots and the field was painted with the big old thick retro stripes and shit. Like that was an amazing look. So I'm hoping next year um, that is the case to get rid of that helmet rule, which never really made much sense to me anyway. Since it. You can virtually yeah. take the lining out of one helmet and install it into another helmet. And that's all you're really looking at. Like the shell itself doesn't form to anybody's fucking head size. No. Those are. <laughs> You know they they switch those shells out all the time because they they get damaged or broken or or whatever the case is. So if they wanted to keep the same shell because of concussions, it never made sense to me. N- not Sounds what. like NFL being the no fun league, as some people say. But I'm glad that yeah. they're changing that. We there's so many jerseys even for other teams that I'm happy to. See. I would glad to see them back. 
Yeah, man. I want to see those the retro Seahawks uniforms. Like when we came into the league, bring those bad boys out. Or the the, the Cowboys white helmet with the blue star. That's a sick look. I love that. I love that shit. So that'd be, that'd be, it's going to be exciting, man. Definitely. I mean, I don't want to see them get it to the extent of like how college does it, how teams change their uniforms every single year. Uh, you know, yeah. like Oregon. Like Obviously, you know it's Oregon when you watch play, but every year is something different completely i don't want to see them go to that that length but i do like the color rush thing give us more options that's cool definitely yeah plus i think we couldn't go another year in these uniforms we couldn't have put tom brady in these it would have i don't think he would have came (laughs) you know people hate people hate these uniforms and i'm right there with them but i don't hate them for the same reason i don't i don't hate the numbers i never did the numbers were not the problem for me i don't like the three-tone uniform I don't like the three colors, like the the red with the orange stripe, and then the dark the dark color on the shoulder. Like to me, that that looks like a alternate league X, X, XFL shit. Like I never liked that look. Like the color yeah. rush jerseys, nobody complains about the no, the, the alarm exactly. clock numbers no, on the color rush jerseys because they look everybody loves they them. look sick, right? <laughs> to me, it was never about the the number. I mean, the number when with that other ugly ass jersey is just another you know another eyesore but with all the color rush that's that should look good to me and I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the key but they're not i think they're going to go with the the bulky older older style numbers which i like too so I, like when the i love the old traditional style uniforms when the when the dolphins wore their retro shit bro that is like something oh, beautiful i love that shit and i hate the dolphins but i love those uniforms so yeah man i'm looking forward to it man we got a lot to be excited about this year you know, we need this excitement in this country right now. And oh, yeah. you count your <laughs> blessings, man, if you're a Bucks fan, because there's a lot of other fan bases right now that not only is the world fucking shit right now, crumbling. But so are their teams. <laughs> like, imagine, and they earned it. Imagine how they feel up in New England right now. You know, there's no good news up there. And it's just nothing but bad, <laughs> bad on the football field and bad in, in the real world. It's rough. It's rough. So at least we have. I've had the ability and we've had the ability to have some joy in the, in our escape, man. So that, that's what's up. Bro, listen, I got to have you on more often. Hey, I'd be glad. I, to come I, on. I had a feeling. My boy. You, yeah. I had a feeling, you know, until you talk to somebody, you don't know, but I had a feeling you knew your shit and you definitely <laughs> do. You definitely do. I, I'll, I'm going to pimp it again, bro. Listen, Bucking idiots, Bucks fans, anybody listening to the sound of this podcast and, and Joel, uh, Joel's uh, voice. Follow him on Twitter. It's at Breeze Overrated, which is just an absolute beautiful at. Yeah, okay. On, you guys. guys should represent that, <laughs> rock that. You know, you might have to have some t shirts that say at Breeze yeah. Overrated on it because I will wear one for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely get you, get you in the rotation here, man, because I'm always looking to talk to Bucks fans um, that are knowledgeable, that love the team like I do, that have the same illness that I do, which is, which is, having an unhealthy obsession with uh <laughs> with this team i have since i was a kid and uh i'm definitely gonna have you on again man you you uh you got any shout outs you want you want to you got anything to pimp you know pretty much what you said come on bucks nation throw me a follow uh you know some you know you may not agree with everything i say but i'm never gonna lie to y'all so you know i never but... i never got that man i never get the people who only follow people they agree with. what fun is that you yeah, like no. you like you like hearing the sound of your own voice. You want to live in an echo chamber, <laughs> like that's fine. I follow people I don't like all the time because I want to talk shit about them. That's yeah. that's part of it. Like that's I what makes Twitter fun. Exactly. Like please say some dumb shit. I'm 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 anxious to to tell you how stupid you sound. Yeah. And people do the same to me. <laughs> I don't care. That's fine. I'm sure there. I am sure. I have plenty of people who don't like me that follow me and don't like me that listen to this podcast. I'm not really outlandish. I'm not one of the people to say shit just just to say it, just to get a reaction. Like if I say it, I mean it. But but still, like that's that's crazy. You know, there I, I haven't really ever blocked anybody on 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 Twitter unless they say some ignorant racist shit. That's about or some oh the political shit. I, I guess they <laughs> you, you 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 tweet politics shit. I'm gonna mute you at the at the very, very much minimum because I'm I'm not here for that. Yeah, I try to go to the mute before you know we have to throw out any. Props. Yeah, exactly. The last thing you like, like I've I've been my you know people will will, will put me in that uh, you know on something I find out 
there's people out there have blocked me. I don't even know who the hell they are. That's that, that kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. Like, why you you block me? You just mute me. You don't have to block me, bro. I found out Chidi Ahanatu blocked me like on Twitter. Like, a, like I just found out a Chidi. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm like, I, I grew up watching you, Chidi. You can't do me like that. Damn, Chidi, what, what the did hell? I do? Somebody reach out to Chidi and ask him what I did, please. I'll do it. I'll I'll reach out to him. <laughs> and someone somebody do the same for me with Steve White. <laughs> But I think Steve Steve White blocks more people than fucking Tom Bassinger does. Steve White yeah, will block you in a Twitter. in a two second. Yeah, he will block the shit out of your ass. I'm sure I said something that pissed him off. Who knows? <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for coming on the show. I will definitely have you have you on again. Fucking idiots. On to the next one, baby. There it is. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Joel's gonna be back on this podcast, or Joel. I don't know. I flip back and forth between calling him Joel and Joel because I have a brother-in-law named Joel. So, anyways, loved it. Joel, Joel, you're going to be back on this podcast for sure, man. Fucking idiots. I hope you enjoyed that. I'll see you real soon. We're going to have a very special Bucking Idiots slash Loose Cannons jersey reveal live video cast. So, look out for that on Twitter. And then many more things to come, including a jersey giveaway. All right, peace out.